So we want to want to start this. Introduce the guest. Yes, please. This tall drink of water sitting next to us. Pretty much. Tall drink of Lacroix. Sorry. Tall drink of Lacroix sitting right. next to us. Yeah. Adam. Well, okay. Let me pronounce it how we pronounce it. And then right. Okay. Me. We had a conversation. It's about possible this. that we've been wrong for like multiple seasons now. It's possible. So we you say, wouldn't be the first. I, I assume, but we only want to be perfection. All right. Yeah. So we think it's Hagen Boo. Yeah. That's oh. it. But on your Instagram, it says it's like a scary ice cream. So that would be Hagen Boo. Oh, that yeah. made us nervous. Yeah. So no, it's okay. it's Hagen Boo. The scary bowl of ice cream thing. Leah Thompson gave me that title because I told her how to pronounce my name. Yeah. And she goes, "Oh, it's like Hagen does, but like Boo. You're like a scary bowl of ice cream." And I was like, "That's that's pretty genius. That's great. Yeah. And you're Leah Thompson. Yeah. And you are in the DeLorean, and I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. taking that. She's awesome. That's yeah. great." Yeah. Where, where did, did you meet her? Switched to birth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now so, that we know how to properly pronounce his name. Now we, we can introduce him. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> we have Adam Hagenboo on our show today, which is so exciting. He plays Jimmy Gibbler on Fuller House. Greg Mingo Shimingo? Mm-hmm. Nailed it. I said that about oh, oh, yeah. 10 times today. I was like, that can't actually be it. On Switched to Birth, I'm going to ask you to explain the origin of that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent on Undateable, but most really known for River McCoy from Honeymoon to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my that's god. That's literally that's, all I know you from and I've seen really, you for 2 years exactly. on Fuller. So we're just going through the names. Oh no, I was totally kidding. Just but I, I, I just wanted to make sure it was Mingo Shamingo. Yeah. Well, there's actually a name. There's a story for that one too. Okay, I'm gonna I'd love it. to hear that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lizzie, the writer producer on that, um, on Switched at Birth, she told me I was like, "What a weird name!" And she was like, "I had a roommate in college, and his name was Greg Shamingo, and everybody called him the Mingo." And I was like, "That's a of all things about this character you've written, <laughs> that's the real one." And so, yeah, I had to run with it. I couldn't, I couldn't make some backstory in my head of like, oh, he's a, you know, it was right. a real name. Switch at birth. That's the, where half the cast is death, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's about half the like main cast and guest stars are deaf, and then almost all of the extras are deaf that have a bunch of really conditional rules about them because they are not speaking, so they're extras. You know, they're not given a principal role, but they're signing, which is still speaking. speaking. Yeah, so exactly. they have to like sign in like gibberish. Interesting. <laughs> Did you learn sign language on that show? I learned such a small amount. I wanted to learn more. I was getting the apps. I was watching videos. And I had this incredible sign language teacher, Jack Jason, who's um, uh, Marley uh, Matlin's. Did, did you see Jack when Marley and Jack were just at a show? No, wait. For, yeah, for two Fuller episodes House, ago. They were in the audience. Her, no. It was a big thing. <laughs> it was. Oh, had we known. That's oh, such man. a bummer. I would have so been there. I would have oh, been there. Yeah, Because Jack is him. awesome. I worked with Marley in a scene, which is amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, she was amazing. she's a fireball. She's she, so funny and so funny. So energetic. And if you guys have seen her in Children of a Lesser God, she's uh, the best. Um, she's the best in the West Wing. She, she's too. the best. Yeah, yeah. In everything. Every time you're yeah. like, oh, you She was the best the audience scene. member that we <laughs> Best audience member that we had. <laughs> you had to pay her for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Jack was our like sign language coach. Oh, so cool. 
And I really wanted to learn how to do it well and get like fluent and everything. But they told me that that wasn't right for the character. I wasn't supposed to know a lot of sign language. So they were always sort of like stifling me. Oh, no, you don't need to do all those signs. Just do this. And so I kind of lost the motivation. That's on me because I could have kept it up on my own. But I was like, if I'm not going to use it for the show. Right, right. Do you have a word for the uh, story? Yeah, sure. Uh, We do this thing where we just ask like a totally random for a second I forgot how our podcast goes <laughs> I gave zero thoughts That's to okay. this um, tell me a story about a lamp a lamp oh I've got a great lamp story All right, let's and hear it's it. a true story okay so when I was a little kid uh, well, this is funny because Scott is on our show um, so I loved Aladdin I watched Aladdin <laughs> so many times Who I burned didn't? out the best. three VHS tapes of it I have vi- when I was a little kid I have vivid memories of pulling the magnetic strip out of the VHS player because oh I watched it so many times uh, I, had, I had two Aladdin costumes and I would just alternate between those two every single day completely warm out my mom was like, you're basically naked because I was just like, they were in tatters. I was, Did you wear it to school? I, so I wasn't in school. This is when I was like four or five. Oh, okay. I, I'll, I'll revert from 15, 16. Okay. okay fair. <laughs> and so I would like, I would watch the thing and I would like, I would, I was just crazy about like every little detail. And I, and I wanted to have like as much of the paraphernalia from the movie. I had the costume, but I couldn't get a lamp and I'd asked for one for Christmas, like two Christmases in a row, which when you're like four or five is wow. like half of the the Christmases of your life. So my mom gave me this, like, I think it was like a doily, but it was like, but it had a piece of metal on it and it was shiny. And to me in my like four year old brain, that was the lamp. And so I would carry it around with me, like, and I would rub it and hope that the genie would like come out of this little toy that I had. It was so weird. That's adorable. (laughs) Sweetest thing. So I would do that at like, the story I guess is that I would, I would do that at preschool all the time. And Mm. at one, one time the teacher was like, Adam, you can't have that thing out. And I was like, but it's the lamp. There's my lamp story. That's a great one. That's pretty adorable. Were you, what got you over the Aladdin obsession? I never got over it. Wow. Um, that's why you got the show on four. Why, why do you think I'm on four? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know when it happened really. I guess at some point this actually, <laughs> I think at some point I realized that it was animated as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. When I was a kid, like you don't, you don't you're just like, oh, it's different than real life, but it's real because yeah. I'm seeing it in front of me like uh, you don't even really start to think that it's in a TV and like you can't like we could all totally marry Prince Eric yeah, yeah you're, you're sort of like I mean I know that he's with Ariel but like I could I still fine. I could yeah. still meet him yeah exactly yeah. and he'd probably marry me but like then you realize somehow that it's animated and it's and it's, it's more devastating than realizing that it's like made up or on totally. a TV even yes. you're like oh the whole world doesn't exist yeah mm-hmm. I think that was just a couple like months or weeks after I was like really obsessed with this thing for like two years uh, should we do a round of now ask you this. That's really our uh, segue to asking you random questions. You want to start? Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it simple. I know we just talked about uh, your fascination with Aladdin as a kid, but mm-hmm. where did you grow up? I grew up well, I was actually that Aladdin phase was here in Los oh, Angeles yeah. um, from we moved when I was three. So I guess that would have been not when I was four or five when I was three. I remember it as like four or five because I remember it vividly. And we lived up in um, La Crescenta. Oh, wow. Oh. Mm-hmm. So didn't really grow up here. 
uh, was just here long enough to be obsessed with Aladdin. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> and then uh, we moved to Dallas. So I grew up in Dallas. Oh, wow. In, I feel like we've talked about this, in Dallas proper or where? In Plano. Black Tar heroin capital of the world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We invented cheddar, which is where you smash pharmaceutical drugs into heroin. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that was Wisconsin. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I love, I mean, I love it. It's a great, I love going and seeing my folks there. How often do you go back? I was just back there for a wedding, but I usually go back for almost always for Thanksgiving. And then occasionally I have a lot of family up in Michigan. So we'll either go to Michigan to see snow Mm -hmm. um, or we'll go to, we'll go to Dallas for Christmas. Um, Favorite joke. Ooh, I love the Dimitri Martin joke where he says, we think of like guys who are in good shape and we're like, oh, that means that they are, they're like fit and like they can go out into the world and like fight or whatever. But when you see a guy with a six pack, it really just means he shits a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, it's mostly just metabolism, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. I, I tell people that all the time because I like exercise a lot. People are like, Adam, how do you get in shape? And I always want to just be like, shit a lot. I don't, I don't that'll that'll end the conversation right yeah. there. Yeah. It's a good answer. Um, what are your thoughts on thunderstorms? I love thunderstorms right? and I miss them I, because we don't, we don't have them here. People yeah. are like, it's thundering outside and it's like... <laughs> That's as much sound as you get. Um, And it doesn't really rain. The rain is nice here when it happens. But in Dallas and really any part of like the Midwest, you get these rolling thunderstorms that are like the glory of God is in the, you know, it's like, yeah, I miss them. It's awesome. I do too. Best Halloween costume. I went with my girlfriend and I got these matching, not for Halloween, like months in advance (laughs) for no reason. We went to a vintage store and we saw these matching figure skater costumes. Uh, That's not what I thought you were going to say. No, they were just skin tight Lycra with sequins all over them of like, but from the seventies and we went to Halloween as like Olympic figure skaters and it was like a huge hit just because it's a ridiculous costume. Like I think that every time I watch the Olympics, what are you guys wearing? You're, you're talented athletes. Take that off. You know, (laughs) they need to be able to stretch. They need a uniform. They all need to be wearing the same thing. Cause sometimes I saw one, it was just a guy in like a black shirt and jeans. (laughs) <laughs> he was like doing those triple pirouettes. I'm like, this seems wrong. Oh, it's so funny. You There's know? not a whole lot of a give there. How? What would you, if you were going to design the uniform, what would it look like? It would just be like the ones that they wear for the speed racing thing. Just, just a, like a bodysuit with like a flag on it and like a Samsung logo or something that yeah. somebody's mm-hmm. sponsoring them. Mm-hmm. What animal represents your personality? So we did this in college. I went to a very really? es- esoteric oh, yeah. theater school. Of course, Carnegie Mellon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, And they, uh, we spent six weeks in our acting class, which was five hours a day on a project called Animal Projects. Oh no, I swear I didn't know this. Which is where you have to, first of all, you start by having your classmates tell you which animal you are innately. You get no choice in the matter. What did they tell you immediately? They told me I was a golden retriever, which I think is pretty accurate. That's that's pretty golden. You know, like wanting to please, like running around, good, good attitude, pretty athletic, but like kind of clumsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like runs into 
into stuff a lot, but like can run for a long time. I'm like, okay, that describes me well. Like an airbud, if you will. An airbud. <laughs> <laughs> My spirit animal's airbud. Awesome. So that's the answer. Okay, cool. But now I have to finish this story because I've launched into it oh, because right. that's sure. not where it ends. Oh, jeez. So that was just the first week. Then the next five weeks, you're going to play the opposite of that animal. If there is such a thing, which of course is ridiculous. Of a dog, a cat. So to me, the opposite of a dog was a llama. So (laughs) (laughs) makes sense to me. Two very different things. I played a llama for six weeks. Oh, now when you would tell your parents, "This is what I did in school today," Mm -hmm. were they like, "Why are you there?" I think they like pat me on my back and then they were like, "What grades did you get?" I was like, "A's and B's," and they were like, "Great, yeah, thank (laughs) you." Because like a middle like elementary school and high school was like this massive struggle for me with grades because I'm very easily distracted. So to them, they were like, oh, well, part of the reason was that college for them was like, I wanted to just go act. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm so glad I went to theater school because it was just tons and tons of acting. It was what I wanted to do. I just didn't know it. But they were like, look, we only care about your transcript. <laughs> They're always super supportive, which is a rarity and a blessing. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's key. Worst text you've ever sent. I've texted wrong people before but never anything really embarrassing. It's always embarrassing. And more so than anything, it's there's like the what if. Because yes. you know you've got some conversation going on somewhere that's seedy and you're like, what if I had, oh God. Yeah. Um, but usually that's not what happens. The most frustrating to me are when I'm making like a big theoretical argument about something. I have this big group text with my high school friends and we're like talking about politics or we're talking about whatever. And I'll, I'll misspell like, or it'll autocorrect words that are, you know, not on, oh, the, yeah. on the list. And it'll mm-hmm. it'll become like this just silly hodgepodge of you're like, look, the reason the economy isn't working is because balloons. And you're like, that's not <laughs> what I was trying to say. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're like, really? Balloons? What, what yeah, does that have to do with anything? To like, All right, llama, calm down for a second. Okay, theater school. <laughs> balloons aren't applicable in every situation. And I use a lot of those in theater school. But yes, yeah, so it's usually autocorrects that just completely invalidate your point. You're like, that's yeah. not what I meant. Um, according to IMDb, mm. your car has been on national television. Oh, this is such a story. So I like making little movies in high school and I had a bunch of like rowdy friends. None of them are actors or filmmakers or any artists of any kind, but they like getting into trouble and doing crazy stuff. So we're always doing little prank things and and I got this idea. I was like, oh, it'd be funny because my movies always look so low production quality if we like use, there's all these people in Dallas and we can just like use them like they're extras. We just need to go someplace that's really populated, like an intersection or a Walmart. And so we go to Walmart. I'm like, how can we like use people's reactions here? I was being a real filmmaker. I was basically mm-hmm. Spielberg at this point. <laughs> how can we like use it. the environment? How can we use these people? Um, and so what I decided would be really funny and cool and get a reaction out of people would be my friend would sit there and then we'd all drive up in my white unmarked Astro van and pile out of the car wearing ski masks and throw him into my van and then drive off. And it was. It was so funny. And we got great footage of it. And guess who else got great footage of it? Walmart and then CBS and Fox and CNN from their security cameras. So we like, we go and tell our friends over spring break. We come back to high school and we're like, hey, we had like some fun. We did this little prank and people were like, oh yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, well, we didn't, we haven't uploaded it to YouTube yet. So you haven't seen it, but nice try kid. And then like all these other people were saying the same thing. And we were like, where are you seeing 
yes. And it was on the Fox local website, but it was the top story somehow. So it went to like the national website and then it went to the national news. Why? Because they thought it was actually happening? Because they thought somebody got kidnapped, but it was like, it's kind of the perfect story, right? It's in this, you know, suburban uh, Walmart in Plano. A, a boy is kidnapped right from beneath our noses in this <laughs> residential area. You too could be kidnapped, you know? Right. It appealed to all these parents. <laughs> and also it's Texas. So you go to the comment boards and it's everybody over 30 is like, if I was there, these boys would have been shot, you know? <laughs> I got my 12 gauge. Um, and, but then everyone below 30, you know, everyone below like 20 is saying that it was them. I met so many people who said that they did the Walmart Plano kidnapping. And I was like, no, because that was me. But we weren't allowed to talk about it because I went to this, this private Christian high school. And they said that if the press found out, they were going to kick us out of school. And it was our senior year. It was like a month before we were going to leave. It was a lesson in the news media and how they manipulate stuff. Stories. Prime example right yeah. there. And uh, not to kidnap people in Walmart. Yeah. Mm, also a good lesson, I guess. I promise we won't expel you from the show. Okay. <laughs> I can't Thank promise you. that. <laughs> it's a very family-friendly show. I don't know if they'd appreciate knowing that Jimmy kidnaps people. Although it would explain Jimmy's absence, which you have done a great job of reminding people that Jimmy was in Full House. Oh, completely. You just, you just, just missed him. Like, if you're a true fan, you know Jimmy's there. Yeah. If you just remember vaguely remember the show kind of being on, then yeah, sure, maybe you didn't yeah, know you know, Jimmy. reruns after school, you're a young kid, you're distracted, what, yeah. homework, you're not yeah. going to remember him. But he's there, you know? Yeah. He's a major character, plenty of plot points that attach mm-hmm. to him. He, I was very small at the time, so of course, you know, yeah. you, you're not going to see him a lot of times, but totally there. Growing up, what was your favorite memory of being on Full House? Oh, you know, just, just hanging out backstage, the gum wall. Where do you think some of his favorite hiding spots were? Oh, well, down Stairs for sure. That's an easy hiding yeah. spot. You can always peek out, say something, you right. know, kind of go back into it. Stephanie's I'll, bedroom. A lot of the, co- yeah, exactly. Um, As in the prize. <laughs> He's always loved her, guys. Um, uh, and she, she was the one who didn't remember he was there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Not him. Um, uh, the cupboards, um, the washing machine that's in the little nook and cranny back yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, the bushes out in the, the backyard. Plenty of hiding spots. Now, this is so embarrassing because I, I grew up, we both grew up on the show and I'm sure that you remember, but I, I'm so embarrassed. I cannot remember Jimmy Gibbler's famous catchphrase. And you would say it every time. No, it's really you. just slipping my mind the too. And, but what would you say? He would say, "Hey guys, I'm right here." <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. right. We all remember that. Yeah, yeah, said God. that a thousand times God, in the show. I think no one heard. A shirt that said that. I had to beg Jeff not to bring that back oh, for Fuller right. House because I was so tired of saying. Yeah. yeah. No. Did you get when you were a kid? Would you get stopped like in the grocery store? You and your your family hey, out shopping. Say it. Yeah. They'd go, "Hey guys, I'm right here," and I'd be like, "I'm so over this. Ugh. I'm a child star, and I don't want to be reminded of my first project." <laughs> Oh, classic. It's nice to go back down memory <laughs> yeah, lane. It sure is. Um, let's get down to serious stuff here. Mm-hmm. Basic Instinct 2, Risk Addiction, or <laughs> or Dark Man 3, Die, Dark Man, Die. Dark Man 3, Die, Dark Man, Die. Mm-hmm. I don't know 
how it would read here necessarily. <laughs> I checked. I checked. It's a real movie. I looked it it's up. It's a Don't real worry. movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did this thing where I ask about sequels, but like I, I that was a, that's not technically. And you get a bonus points if you've ever seen yeah, any of them. But I did when I saw that title. I was like, classic. Gotta look it up. Yeah. I I want to see that, but I would never want to admit to anybody I saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Basic Instinct was actually a good movie, right? Right. Of course. And then they made a second one. Yeah. Like any like any self-serving studio executive sometimes though a sequel is better than the original for example legally blonde 2 red white blonde all right i beg to differ the first one's perfection speed 2 cruise control okay or shrek 2 Mm, yeah shrek 2 Mm, yeah shrek 2 i will say it's better i would make a strong legitimate argument that spider-man 2 the original Mm. sony edition was better than the first a miracle because the first one was amazing you know, it wasn't better than the first hmm. American Psycho two, even though it had Mila Kunis, who's human perfection. Okay, Mila. Yeah, listen, I won't even get started. Is she the psycho? She is. That's interesting. Yeah, hmm. um, Kim, this is the time that you just need to excuse yourself, and I swear oh, I'm not going to make it God. long because no, I really don't want to bore anyone. Forever. I just wanted to say I think it's so cool that you went to Carnegie Mellon. And I'm you going like, on what? Instagram <laughs> for a while. That <laughs> <laughs> you know Pittsburgh, and we've talked a lot of Pittsburgh, but I'll just cut it short since we've had that side conversation, and we both are. Um, I'm aware that it's a wonderful city and a oh, great yeah. place to raise a family. Totally. Um, <laughs> but uh, did your connection with Pittsburgh being at Carnegie Mellon lead to the opportunity to be on Perks yeah. of Being a Wallflower? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it totally did. Okay, so that was my sophomore year. And it was it was like two weeks before the end of the school year there. And we all get a casting call. All of us in the school get it from the School of Drama, which never... We, first of all, they never send auditions to us because we're we're not allowed to audition, which is insane. What? If you can hear they, me, they own you, right? Basically. They own us. They, it's really cool because we're in a bubble. We're not close to any casting center. We're not close to anywhere where they're making movies, except then they started making a bunch of movies in Pittsburgh, which right. is awesome for Pittsburgh. Um, but the intention was always that we were sequestered away from legitimate areas of production with the intent that we focus on our craft and not on our careers, which is cool and, and smart up to a point. So they, they, they sent out this thing, which again, they never do from the School of Drama saying everybody gets to audition for this movie with Emma Watson and Logan Lerman and Ezra Miller, who I think at the time like nobody knew about. Um, it's also kind of a way to create some serious competition between classmates. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because as if we weren't already the most competitive of, of all, because this school is crazy. They would It's like 3,000 kids apply and like 30 get in and they're all the best from their high schools. Everybody thinks they're the best and then you're met very swiftly with the reality that you're not. It's one of the most impressive theater programs in the country. It's insane. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um it's the oldest theater program actually. I feel like I want to be very clear with anybody listening that what's happening is that what you guys are <laughs> it sounds like you're doing is pitching the listeners, but instead what you're doing is pitching me on the show <laughs> and city because every time you tell you say a fact, you look right at me like hey, we're educating <laughs> you. Yeah. I, I, PNC Park also is the most beautiful stadium in the country. <laughs> Hold on. We'll, mm, we'll argue about that We'll later. cut that out. Um, <laughs> uh, so they didn't They didn't let us audition, randomly get this audition from the school. And now everybody gets to audition. How many and students are we talking about here? We're talking 120, you know. Oh, wow. Um, maybe a little less than that. So it wasn't for a specific role. It was just pure. So we were auditioning actually for the core main characters. You were either auditioning for Sam or Patrick or you you would audition for Nina Dobrev's character, Charlie's sister. Yeah, so everybody auditioned for one of those three roles. We got sides from 
those and we were like, oh, we're going to get to be like a lead in this thing. A lot of people knew the book. I didn't at the time. And uh, yeah, we all went in and then and then it turned out they, they just wanted to see if we could like, if we had chops and they had us audition for other things. And when I finally got to like three callbacks in and and, and met um, Stephen Chbosky, he told me like first thing in the room, he's like, you're one of the Carnegie kids, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I really, really wanted Carnegie kids to be in this because you guys live in the city and you know Pittsburgh and you know it's heartbeat and I, I love this city and that's why we're shooting here. So I want some locals, not because you're locals, but because you know the city and you know what it's like to, to be from here. Well, I originally read for for Patrick, for Ezra, Ezra Miller's yeah. character, which was really like cool and hilarious in hindsight that I like auditioned for that character. <laughs> yeah. right. And I think I had a pretty good read. Well, clearly I did because I got through the... I was joking, but I mean, obviously I, I must have done something, right? Because I got into the next mm-hmm. room and then they were like, okay, you're going to read for this character, Bob. Um, and I was like, oh, I thought I got like downgraded, you know, in, yeah. the, in the actual process. I was like, well, I was originally going to be a lead and now I'm going to be. <laughs> but then you find out there was never any chance of that, you know? So, yeah. So cool. So you went from just being in school and being a llama <laughs> to uh, walking onto a real film set. Yeah, it was totally surreal. I felt like Owen Wilson and in, in, uh, Midnight in Paris, you know, with all this stuff. He's like with uh, all these famous 1920s people. I mean, I had done some other films in Dallas, but none of it was like really legitimate stuff. And so suddenly being on this and it was, it wasn't big, huge, enormous budget. It was like an indie by Hollywood standards. But to me, it was the biggest budget thing ever. And yeah, it was really cool. And I was kind of in the mix, at least in all the scenes that I'm in, I'm I'm in like in the mix with the main kids. And it was like Emma Watson was there. I was like, oh, you are the most famous person in the world right now. <laughs> she also like an angel. Oh yeah, she was a total sweetheart. It was her first American movie, so she felt mm-hmm. like she was kind of you know out of the mix too, which is hilarious. And then we would all pretend like we, we were like, oh yeah, we're all like really cool and totally not starstruck by you. Everyone in the cast would act like that. You know, I thought I was the only one, and that they were all just really like familiar with her now. But then the trailer for the I think the sixth Harry Potter movie came out while we were shooting, and they were all like, okay, bye Emma. She like goes to bed or whatever. We're all like hanging out at this hotel. And they're like, put on the trailer right now. Yeah. And uh, you filmed a few scenes in mm-hmm. my actual hometown, Mount Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful part of the city. You really get to see the wonderful terrain and trees and everything. Yeah. Pittsburgh, it's gorgeous. Pennsylvania. Dark Knight Rises had a cool Pittsburgh. Yeah. Kim scene. did. Totally. We were there while, while they were shooting that. Really? Yeah. Just down do from, just down from uh, where our main campus was. It's a really old city. It's beautiful for that reason, but it's also, they used to produce a lot of steel there and burn a lot of coal. So mm-hmm. everything has this like this shadow of this chalk black soot stain all over it. And they've cleaned the city up, but it's still in the crevices and, and up high on any building over like 20 feet. So this building, you always walk by and it's just like this gothic monster, you know. It's it totally these, worked so well for, for what they were going huge for. Huge pillars and yeah. this black soot all over it. They use it as like a jail in that movie. And so what I remember from that was it was Arkham the summer. Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Or jail. Whatever. Jail. I mean, it's Arkham a jail Asylum for jail. crazy yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in summer and they had to make it look like it was winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had a big crane and all this stuff. Snow falling. That's what I remember. I remember seeing the crane. Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Mm, scissors. Does it? I, you see, 
I just think like people always make the argument that like paper doesn't beat rock, which is true. But rock doesn't beat scissors. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to bash the scissors with the rock? You're still fine. Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. The whole game doesn't make any sense. The whole game doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, Do you think you could survive a month, like a whole month, days and nights in the wilderness? I'd, I'd like to think that I could, right? Yeah. I definitely think I'm tough and I'm like, I was a Boy Scout and I know how to do plenty of stuff. It's not really that I doubt my capabilities. I doubt that I wouldn't like trip on something and like... <laughs> Back to the gold retriever. Stub my day like twenty nine. It's it's not like uh, doing things that would get me. It would be like forgetting basic stuff and not realize it, that it's killing me. You know, like I cut myself and something gets infected. A favorite recess game? Probably capture the flag. What are kids gonna answer? Like if you brought in Sony or you brought in Michael, what's recess? They would be like <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. It would not be kickball. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Mel, did you have an answer for that one? You looked like you were gonna give it some thought. No, oh, yeah. I just love that question because it would be kickball. Kickball is fun. That's yeah. great. That's a good one. I, we, I had to take a couple of electives and I took diamond sports which nice. are oh, baseball, baseball, softball, and kickball. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> what was it like to play Ashton Kutcher in the Brittany Murphy story? Did you have to live with him for a few weeks just to like see what his daily habits were, mannerisms? Do you still live with him? You know, we just felt like we knew each other so well. <laughs> we had been best friends for years and, and we just didn't feel like that was necessary. Right, okay. Um, Fair enough. No, I... Uh, it was it was weird. So, oh, it was like the day before they were going to shoot the thing. So you go to some auditions and you're like, well, I'm not going to get this thing. Like they've already cast somebody. Um, Ashton Kutcher shows up. You're like, I got no chance. <laughs> yeah, <Damn exactly>. <laughs> so I um, I go and I auditioned for it. And uh, and then they're like, you look just like him. I'm like, uh, some people have told me that, but I don't I don't see that. And I, I they basically did everything but tell me I got the part. They're like, they're like this is amazing. I'm calling somebody up or whatever. And I was like, OK, but you guys are shooting tomorrow so obviously I'm not but then I was and then it was like a it's like a great paycheck and a total mess for two weeks great <laughs> really Life, <laughs> lifetime right they wrote the movie I think in like three weeks and then they and they shot it in like 11 days wow and they sold it like uh, less than two weeks later because it sadly because it was right I think it was right when um, Robin Williams died oh yeah mm. it was either Robin Williams or somebody else and of course then people are just voracious for tragedy stories about celebrities who have died so I thought it was a little bit opportunistic but hey I'm not going to complain about making that money though yeah um, life is good as Ashton Kutcher yeah cool. yeah I mean well it wasn't a lot of money but I was broke at the time yeah, you're yeah. always broke as an actor pretty much until you're suddenly a zillionaire right. which I definitely am not the so. gaps are pretty crazy in this yeah, business it would be great if they could like change that what you can't complain about living your dream so uh, yeah it was wonderful it was still like amazing that I got to like act is always great <laughs> and it was fun getting to play a real character very silly guy yeah I watched all of his movies and I tried to tried to get his mannerisms and things down which uh, movie did you really like connect with I watched the one that they're in together just married I watched that one like 20 times or something like that so, that was that was pretty cool it was a lot of fun to play like a real person and yeah he's a cool dude most recent scary thing you've done I did the crazy rides on top of the stratosphere and and oh, how Vegas. was that they're nuts it's just like a tilt-a-whirl but it like swings over the oh god Ooh. 
Over the city. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, this was scary, but for totally different reasons. I shot a 60 minute single continuous take, hopefully pilot of a TV show in Brooklyn. And I was the director and the DP. Oh, wow. And the camera guy. So I had the I had the camera on my, my back. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that How was scary. How many takes did you have? We did five in one day. Oh. We rehearsed there for two weeks. Wow. It was basically like a rolling piece of theater. That's yeah. Very spectacular. Cool. What yeah. do you want to do with that? I just want people to see it at this point. Uh, we're in post-production on it, but yeah, that was pretty scary. Any, any one so thing cool. could go wrong and it all falls apart. <laughs> um, who's a historical figure that you really feel for? Nice. I really liked Archimedes. I thought he was a cool dude because he invented a lot of really cool stuff and he was very intelligent. I, I guess like uh, my top like historical people would be like him. And then I love Einstein. Uh, he was like a total Warm, ladies man like really? total womanizer really? they love those brains yeah he would like hook up with all the like smart physics chicks but then once he got like really famous then he was just like trying to hook up with like just famous people right so he, he was always sort of trading up but he was a genius so classic people, people <laughs> classic were, Einstein people, <laughs> classic Einstein we all know him for his womanizing and then I, yeah, I really feel for Shakespeare before I went to Carnegie Mellon I didn't care at all and now I feel like he's uh, like truly a genius and an emotional genius so I, 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 I relate with him more than those other two guys. This question's so stupid. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, who do people tell you you look like besides the obvious Ashton? Because I feel like you don't really agree with that. I get that a lot. I mean, I am wearing a trucker hat right now, so it's my own fault. I've gotten Jerry O'Connell sometimes. Oh, okay. I want to think that like people watch, you know, they know who like Jimmy Gibbler is and, and stuff like that. I was at the gym and this guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, are you that actor? Normally I'd be like, no, I'm not Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but he also asked it in a weird way. Like he put the onus on me to tell him which actor I was. So he goes, hey, are you that actor? And I go, uh, who? Adam Hagen, boo? <laughs> and he goes, nah, not that one. <laughs> I sh- what I should have done if I was a good self-aggrandizing Los Angelino YouTube influencer, <laughs> then I would be like, oh, you, you should know all about him. He's super famous and cool. <laughs> Haven't you heard of him? That's what I do. Sometimes if I'm at the grocery store and I see someone, it doesn't matter if they look like you or not. Yeah. I'll just walk up to them and be like, oh my God, are you Adam Hagemu? And they'll be like, no, I'll be like, whoa. Okay, that sucks because let me tell you. Oh, Adam I thought Hagemu, you were and that's she so She did cool. a dash and Kutcher the <laughs> other day. <laughs> super awkward. He was like, no, I was like, gross that. Google him. I left. did. I did promise myself if I meet him, I will ask him if he's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do people stop you and actually recognize you as Jimmy Gibbler? Yeah. If by people you mean like mostly little kids, children, children, <laughs> which is really cool, honestly. Yeah, that's actually because awesome. kids don't have any of like the weird hang. They don't want to take pictures with you usually. That like not that I've. I'm I'm like all about it. People that, like celebrities are like I'm so tired of people taking pictures. I'm like recognize me. I'm all about it because I like, I like knowing that my work's being appreciated. Not because sure. I want to like feel like I'm some friggin' movie star or something. Right. Yeah. I just want to know that people watch my stuff and that they like me in the show. But yeah, yeah, it's really cool when kids come up and say it. And then there's some, there's some adults too. It's so what's cool. a typical yes. conversation when a kid comes up to you? Are you Jimmy Gibbler? <laughs> yes, Aww. I am. Yeah. And they're like, can, can, can are you, on, are you on the show? I'm like, yeah, I'm on the show. That's oh such gosh. a great character though. I mean, we've actually referenced you on previous podcast, podcast episodes yeah. just being like don't tell them to so think great. so you'll just have to listen to the oh, shows okay oh, that's yeah. fair I won't give any spoilers but basically 
really, we think you're great, and the, the character is hilarious. Oh, it's so thank fun. you guys. It's I have so such fun. a blast, and they did write a really fun one. It's like a, I don't, they, they, they really struck a good balance between the weirdness of Kimmy, but not oversaturating. Like where Kimmy's got this high energy, she's always up, she's always running around. Jimmy's like the more laid back. Life will sort of come to you, you know, right. and it's it's a funny combination. I feel like you and Andrea too, because the characters, if they were played by anybody else, I feel like could be so annoying almost. Uh, yeah. But uh, you and, and Andrea too both do something really special with it that it, it makes them, you just love them so much. And I ca- lines that. that maybe wouldn't necessarily be as funny or lines that I feel like anybody else would try and make funny but are actually really sweet. Exactly. Like you, you both have found this really like great spot. I definitely agree with that assessment for Andrea. Totally. I think she's so authentic, man. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Especially like once you, once you really know her, but even just watching the show, if you don't know who Andrea is, you just get this sense that she's like for real, you know, mm-hmm. and you watch her do those things and you're like, you're not playing a character that's really self-serving. Yeah. You know, you want attention, but you're not trying to like win. You know, you're not trying to like constantly yeah. lord over people or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what quality that is about her, but it, I think it it's always a fearlessness almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and also just a deep confidence. Totally. You know, yeah, totally. it's something to, to admire for sure. Anyway, Adam, you're fine too, though. I think, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're great also. <laughs> but you've been an okay addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. And she's got an okay brother. It's she's just nice also. to have you back after all these years. Yeah. yeah. It's good when the legacy cast comes again. back. It was weird that I was in there and then they didn't bring me back for season one. That's so what I thought awkward. was so Or in weird. the unauthorized Full House story, mm-hmm. where were you? They, you could, you know, Ashton Kutcher could have played you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what song would you pay to never, ever, ever hear again? Probably like one of those Chainsmokers songs that came out recently. <laughs> as long as it's not Dea because she's from Mount Lebanon. Some of that Let's stuff. just say Paris, if that's what it's called by the Chainsmokers, because yeah. I would also pay money towards that. Surprises. Good? Bad? Good. Cool. Surprises Sorry. are the lifeblood of an actor, in my opinion. I mean, in your life and, and on stage or, or set. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Cellular starring Chris Evans? I just think it's very underrated. You know, I'll give that to you. It is. It's such a good movie, and I was thinking about it today. How much are you guys getting paid for these <laughs> shout-outs? Uh, they are, the podcast is actually sponsored by Blue Apron and Cellular on Blu-ray. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> wish. So uh, we'll, in a second, pause for Blue Apron, and then we'll have to do that second yeah, ad break no, for I just It just okay. came to mind. And no I MailChimp like or Squarespace? MailChimp. No. And I oh, can't God, say that you guys only are real. could get Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. I can't say that you guys are that legitimate. But we're working towards Cash App. Okay. <laughs> Let's just track back. She's got a cell phone that only dials one number. It's and a it's landline. Two Chris Evans. Luckiest lady in the world. <laughs> I, that's exactly how just I feel. Just trying to save her I'm, family. I'm over Whatever. here like, that sounds fascinating, but I, I I would just, Chris Evans is a cool dude and I would prefer to think of it as the way that Chris Evans current, as actual just Chris just Evans. It's Chris oh my Evans. gosh, I love that one movie you did. Tell me more, Chris Evans. Oh, by the way, Captain America. That would be such a weird, dark horror comedy right? that in the middle of everything, you get to call, you can only call one person and it's like this huge celebrity. It'd be even funnier like if you're not really, like you don't, you're not really a fan of them, but you're like, oh, this is so cool. You're like, you're you're Chris Evans, like from the Avengers movies, and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, well. But you would be talking with him, and yeah. but you and you'd you'd feel obligated to be like sort of starstruck for a right, moment, and right. be like, oh, you're so famous, and I'm, I'm not like a huge fan. I don't want you to think I'm like a huge fan, but like you're really cool and you're famous. But I'm getting murdered right now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think you should add it to your Netflix queue because it's really great. Mm-hmm. Is the question? Have you seen Cellular? Oh, that's fantastic. Hot or cold? Cold. Uh, my night. Are you a going out or staying? in kind of guy. 
It totally depends. If I'm feeling <laughs> smart, I want to stay in, not because I feel like I make bad choices or something when I go out, but because uh-huh. I feel like I want to get things done. But if I want to feel, here's the thing, is if I want to feel enacted upon, I go out. If I want to feel like I'm putting energy out into the world, I want to usually stay home. Um, that's all I have for now. Let me ask you this. Now I just have questions. Do you have any more? Uh, no. Yeah. What's the last weird dream you had? Here's one that I remember. Tommy Wiseau from The Room hires me to help run his ad firm. Wait, The Room, like the famously bad movie? The famously bad movie. And the ad campaign is for soccer, the sport. It's just (laughs) for soccer. And he's like, here's what we are going to do. You are going to get all of the comedians in America and we're going to make a commercial about soccer in America. This is a real dream. What does this mean? And so then I'm out there with my camera and I'm filming this advertisement and every like A-list comedian is out on the field in soccer jerseys and they hate that they're there. It was a weird dream. I, I think we started to cover this earlier, but we can go into depth. Tell us everything about working with Emma Watson. Oh. Starting with would she do the podcast? Um, <laughs> and ending a, with would she do the podcast? There was a point in time where I had her phone number and I felt so cool about it. And then cool. I was like texting her because I was like, ah, I just saw the trailer for the movie. And, okay, well, here's how I got her number. This was cool. So I met I met her and Paul Rudd, which I did get starstruck oh about. Oh my gosh. Um, so. At Mount Lebanon High School. And they brought me in that day just because they wanted to introduce me to the cast. So cool, Stephen yeah. Jabosky. So yeah, they show up there, met Paul Rudd. Didn't, I mean, I, knew, I was ready to meet uh, everybody else. I didn't know he was in the movie. So I met him and he was like, hi, I'm Paul. I was like, hi, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. <laughs> You're Paul. I'm sitting with you. So that was really cool. And then I, we were all like, given our phone numbers to each other, whatever. I thought I would never see these people again until I like shot the next day. And then I get this text message and it's like, Hey, we're all up in the hotel room. Come hang out. And I was like, who are you? And it was like, Emma. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Drop, drop my phone on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. So So you went up to the hotel room. Yeah. And then they were all up there and I I was like, no one had their pants on. So this is what I thought. I was like, okay, this is going to be like, never been to Hollywood and I don't know any of these. Going to be offered drugs. Young, exactly. They're going to be doing drugs and they're going to be pulling out guns and doing (laughs) drug deals. Um, And, uh... With like her wand? With with an (laughs) AK-47 and a grenade. Um... And like uh, a bag of Coke. And I I get up there and, and they invite me in and they're all huddled around this table and they've all got these like little, th- and I'm like, oh God, they're doing cocaine. They're doing cocaine and I knew it. And what am I doing Emma's here? Got a book. I'm just a college kid and I just want to act. But then I, I actually get into the room and they're all coloring books. Oh. <laughs> They were coloring because they were forced to stay in this like Hyatt Inn for the oh, I'm familiar. Like eight weeks that they were there. That is the best. That's yeah. so I sweet. Love that. Yeah. They're like, here, you want a coloring book? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like we saved the rose for you. Yeah, That's so cool. I helped her and uh, and May Whitman color, which and May Whitman's it was so cool. I would love to work with her again. What's yeah. their cran skill like? Like in the lines? Yeah, you know those Brits, they don't get the same quality of education as here in the states, right? Especially so. in Mount Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny hearing her. She's playing this character in a high school, you know, uh, movie. And there was, it had never occurred to me that there were so many things that would be really foreign to a British person about American high school culture. She'd never had a prom. Um, huh. She'd never, we, there's a sequence where they go home for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. I mean, Christmas is sort of normal. They have like boxing day and things over there like that. Um, a bunch of things that were just like missed on her. And, and she was really excited to get to do them because she'd 
seen them in all the movies. Um, so that's I thought just that was, the best that's thing. Amazing. Yeah, she was a total sweetheart. Very, very sweet. We'd hang out in these hotels and she'd make the snack runs. She'd be like, does anybody want anything? And she'd go run out and get like, you know, a beer or whatever for people. She was adorable. Oh. Um, sweet person, Love hard worker, totally conscientious on set. And then like a nice person. Oh, this is a funny story. We went out for pies at Eaton Park because um, we had had this rough day on shooting. Did you get the uh, smiley face cookie? Oh yeah. We all got a smiley face cookie and we all got, we got like six full pies. Oh wow. Which was way more than we all needed. And it ended up being like a $300 bill at an Eaton Park, which says a lot. That's hard to do. Um, (laughs) And uh, so we're all at a table and it's like the end of the night and we all offer to pay for it. You know, Steven's like, okay guys. And we're like, no, this is like your baby. You're spending a lot of money on this movie. We're not going to let you do that. And so we all go in and then we see like Emma's little hand go in to pay for it. And we're all like, no. And then every Everyone realized how much money she's made off of Harry Potter. Everyone at once. It was like hilarious. I've never seen so many people throw in cards and then have a, have a simultaneous realization and retract it as they're like, this will not affect her at all. Her black Amex card didn't yeah. give that away. Yeah, it was like it was like a heavy, th- like when the ring in Lord of the Rings, it was like. That's what it sounded like when it hit the table. <laughs> We're like, okay, you can pay for it. That's awesome. That was an amazing, amazing experience and totally enriching about Pittsburgh. I think they all left feeling like Pittsburgh was a really special place. Mm-hmm. Have you since read the book? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I read the book. Um, I actually, how I auditioned was super crazy. I auditioned there and then I had to go home. It was the last, like I said, it was the last week of school. So I went back home to Dallas and then they told me I had a producer session and a director session with Steven. And I was like, I'm in Dallas. I can't get back there. So I set up like a Skype thing and I did it and I was like, okay, we'll see. But I was, I had set up a two years in advance. I had set up a trip with my buddies from high school to go to Italy. We had saved up the money and my, my buddy's first generation Italian. He was going to take us to his relative's house in Venice, all this cool stuff. So it was the day before I left on that trip that I did the final callback and they still didn't tell me if I got it or not. So I fly to Venice and I'm in there, I'm there for 12 hours and I don't hear anything back. I'm like, I didn't get it. But then my phone activated. And I have 14 missed calls and they tell me I need to be there, not like tomorrow or the next day or any specific day. Mm -hmm. They tell me I need to be there at four o'clock for a costume oh fitting. My God. For, for which point I immediately go to my calculator to figure out what o'clock that is. Yeah. Because um, I'm there and it's like early morning. So I was there for like 12 hours and then I got on a flight and flew back and I bought the book in, in the... Um, the British airport. You're like, guys, I'm going to be in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about the drink yet. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, we should do that. Uh, which I actually finished for the first time in any of these drinks. Oh, I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have some names to pitch you and they're really just not my best. So I apologize. Don't, don't short sell it in advance. Um, that could be I'm going to give you three options. All right. One's kind of gross. It's called the Hagen Belch. <laughs> Because it's a fizzy drink. Okay. Two is the Hagen Bev, just because right. it's, you know, a beverage. It would be great if there was booze in it, but there's not. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It could be the Hagen Boozy, uh, mm. but it is a virgin cocktail. What's in it? So, it tastes like watermelon. Yeah. So it's blended watermelon and strawberry. A little bit of fresh mint at the bottom. The mint is great. Um, sure. That was a Kim Moffat suggestion. Here I am. And uh, mixed with lime LaCroix, since that was uh, your jam. I love LaCroix. It's the best. I've we become go through. such a like an LA person know, with the LaCroix. Too. So yeah, that's that's the combination. Um it's great. It's good, right? Yeah. Hagenbev. I like that. Hagenbev. Hagenbev. Uh dubbed Hagenbev. Okay. 
Okay, perfect. That's it. Hey, you both done. done. A while ago, when we were all at the smokehouse, so you were talking about how wh- what it felt like to come across the lot. What is that experience like in comparison to now parking <laughs> at gate three? You have a badge. You're walking right onto so, the stage. So different. So like you gotta. I mean, as an actor, you have to appreciate like every audition you get. It's still a lot of fun. And Warner Brothers is my favorite lot by far. There's the most history there. It's the coolest sets. They're always doing cool stuff. You'll always see like a huge trailer and you know there's a celebrity in there. Mm-hmm. And you know that they're probably making like a really cool movie. So I love that. But on any set, um, on any on any studio lot, they, <laughs> you just get treated like such a second class citizen coming <laughs> in. Even less than like a, like a visitor. You know what I mean? Like you're treated like you're trying to bomb the place or something. <laughs> they give you like a specific set of instructions and they're like, if you go over here, like you'll have your badge revoked and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, you have to drive on on gate eight. You have to check your driver's license and then they immediately ask you where you're going and you're like, I, I don't, I just drove here and parked the thing and I'm going to follow the, you should know where I'm going. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. So, and then you're like, ah, I'm going to uh, uh, Sydney so-and-so's uh, casting office. It's building Parker 501. Okay. And they're like, okay, all right. You pass the first test <laughs> and, and they give you your pass and you walk on and then everybody gives you weird looks because it's obvious you don't know where you're going and because you have a headshot and resume with you so everybody knows that you're nobody <laughs> uh, going to maybe somewhere and then you're kind of like shuttled around and then the casting offices are always in really weird sort of sequestered they really buildings. are mm-hmm. I feel um, like they're like the tree houses of Warner Brothers yeah yeah Warner Brothers has some cool ones um, there's a couple of the lots that, ha- that are in like really nice places um but usually they're like sort of off to the side and Mm -hmm. and so you go there and then you're like waiting out of like in warner brothers a lot of them are in the the fake neighborhoods you're like sitting in this weird like yard furniture or like on a porch (laughs) of a fake house waiting to get into to audition for this character whereas now i come in and i get to park right in this parking spot on gate three i walk in i get to walk through the, the gate the security guard guy knows me like gives me a high five or a fist bump or whatever i like walk in i feel like i i know like where I'm going and I like have a sense of that and people can see that and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have a headshot and resume with me so they're not like this guy's case in the joint <laughs> and um, and I have our little key card which says client on it it's like uh, the most unaffirming card yeah, ever yeah, really is. but you show that to anybody and they're like oh oh right this way it's like right here so I'm like it's the keys of the city mm-hmm. so yeah there's a huge difference Um, so our show is called For Love of Show what does that mean to you? probably means a love of a commitment to making a show or a piece of art that that means something and that you that you like being a part of. Tell us everything. <laughs> Don't leave anything out. Leave Don't nothing leave out. Nothing out. Be specific. Okay. That you remember high expectations, very high, the highest of expectations, especially after the Aladdin thing. Yeah, about a little gem of a movie called "To Grandmother's House We Go." To grandmother's house we go. Yeah, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Uh, All right, well, well, okay. Some glad I wasn't recording this whole episode. Then <laughs> can never air now. And cut. What is it about? It Do, is... Does somebody make a phone that can call uh, Chris Evans? <laughs> <laughs> it's really called to Chris Evans house we go. <laughs> How funny would it be if they just kept making this one studio would just keep making movies with like great premises, like fine right. B movies for 
And in each one of them, some guy on the, <laughs> some producer knows Chris and has his number. He's like friends with him from high school or whatever. And Chris is like, don't do that again, man. Please don't put my number in the movie and call me again. He's like, I promise I won't do it. And then he, every movie he bitches, he's like, and then by the third act, she makes a phone. And it can call only Chris Evans. And every movie, Chris is like, don't do this to me. He gets the, he gets the phone call. And two months later, the movie's made. And it's like featuring B-list actress, featuring Chris Evans. That's how and they make it. Uh, now you have to go watch the movie and it's gonna you're going to appreciate this whole bit even more. But is Chris Evans in it? <laughs> yes. He's playing himself. Yes, uh, okay. he's playing himself. He may have a different name, but just ignore that. All right. Uh, well, that's all I have. I just wanted to see. Uh, how many times we could mention Chris Evans and okay. I think we hit our goal I'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> different goal different type of goal I'm kidding we didn't drink every time we said Chris Evans but that would that would do it we would yeah. have been done well this has been for love of show yes <laughs> uh, you can follow Adam Hagenboo at at Hagenboo scary yeah. ice cream mm-hmm. on Instagram yeah Twitter it's the same one on Twitter it's okay. just spelled with zeros instead of O's because I was in middle school and I made it and thought that was cool oh yeah that is cool and difficult Hagenboo yeah. zeros I mean, technically, none of it's how I spell my last name. So go to there. Yeah. And make sure to stop them in your local grocery store. Yes. Uh, Mel is at Mel underscore Samuels on Instagram. She's private. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) That's the cat in the background. He's sneaking Uh, in. He's getting those cleaning products. George. Twitter. He's about to be at high cat because he's about to inhale some like Windex and Method cleaning products. Oh, good for him. We're also sponsored by Windex and Method Mm -hmm. cleaning products. The best way to kill your cat. (laughs) And keep your home green. Uh, I'm at Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter. Nothing funny about that part. Are you private? No. All right. I'm trying to build, you know, brand awareness. Right. Always. (laughs) Trying to get those sponsorships. Yeah, yeah. Just did a promo with The Rock last week. Yeah. yeah. Doing what I can. Got to make that money. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we are at For Love of Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and dot com because we went just all out. That was it. Thank awesome. you guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs>